everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kick Like a Girl, the unofficial podcast of AFL Women's. I'm your host, Maddie Steinkoller, and joining me as always is my lifelong friend, Dylan Mordek. How's it going? I'm doing okay, Maddie. Great. I am very excited to be here and talk about uh, the season, because that's it. Uh, we've all wrapped up. All wrapped up. So Nearly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So on our agenda today, we're going to be talking about the Gabba debacle, uh, you know, for for the grand final. Uh, we'll be talking about the games that happened on the weekend, some of the season stats. We'll be talking about the goal and the mark of the year, some of my favourite hairstyles uh, from this competition. Maddie, so, has, um, <laughs> she's been preparing this segment for weeks. I, I, yeah, like since this season started, probably, I've been taking more notes on the hairstyles. So, so. bald people go get a cup of tea during that segment, but the rest of you stick around for the hair talk. I don't care about hair. Anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about the season best and fairest and having a grand final preview. So let's get stuck in. All right. So first things first, this Gabba debacle. It was a fun little week. Was it though? No, not it for wasn't. Brisbane people. Not even a I, yeah, I can't remember what year it was, but what year was it that Brisbane? Two thousand and four. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And they had to play the prelim in At, Melbourne, they and Lee Matthews. In the prelim in yeah. Melbourne. yeah. So I was thinking about Lee Matthews because he did make a sassy tweet about this whole issue, which I'm going to recap for Is you. Is Lee now. Matthews the most sassy old man you know? He's very sassy. It's like the perfect word to describe him. But to be fair, this situation did. Definitely requires some sassiness. So for those of you who who don't know, uh, pretty much the turf at the Gabba was ruled unsafe uh, because of some patchy uh, areas to play on. Uh, So they will not be playing at the Gabba at the Brisbane's home ground. They'll be playing at Metricon on the Gold Coast instead. Uh, Gillian McLaughlin did... uh, profess his disappointment and who was the the name of the um so kevin mitchell jr is the curator at the gabba yes and the the gabba brisbane is traditionally the home of the first cricket test of the summer and this coming summer will host an ashes series which happens in australia once every roughly four years and um and it's a it's the biggest event the gabba holds they'll pack it out um the big bash pack in crowds um, so the Gabba really gets its big pulling crowds from the cricket. Um, I read a tweet today that said Kevin Mitchell Jr., if he had it up to him, they wouldn't even play football on his ground. Mm, um, yeah. Most other grounds around Australia have reverted to drop-in wickets. The Gabba still does... They curate their own centre pitch where they do the pitches traditionally, the old style. Um, so Gillam McLaughlin described it as either a lack of competence or a lack of care i guess i can't remember the exact wording you used yeah um for the sport um and it sounds like the gabba just didn't want this event i mean brisbane haven't played any home games at the gabba the girls um so it isn't really their home ground but it was the ground that was set aside i guess in our minds for the grand final and it's not going to happen it's not going to happen it definitely would have been best for for the brisbane football club yes to have it at the Gabba. And I think it would have been best for our women's competition as well. Uh, So it is quite disappointing. I watched an interview with SFT, one of our favourites, of course, and I really thought she was very classy. She she got so many questions about this issue, right? You could tell it's just like, she said, yes, we're disappointed. Yes, I'm disappointed. But, like, 
what do you want? Like, you know, we're, we're happy it's in Queensland, she said. She said driving an hour down. She said she's from Perth. She's used to driving about an hour to, you know, her training and stuff. She said all, you know, fans just make sure you tr- show us our support by driving that hour to Metricon. So I thought that that was a classy response and they're not letting it kind of hinder them whilst they obviously are really disappointed because it's not great. Um, the technicalities of this involve um, he wanted to sow the wicket, the grass. Um, I don't know what that means. What does that mean for someone who's not a cricket person? I don't know technically absolutely <laughs> what it means, okay. but I know that making a pitch isn't just about mowing the lawn. Right. Like it's okay. just not mowing a strip. You've mm. got to sow the grass in and make sure it's like the roots take to the ground. It's something along those lines. Right. Um, maybe if someone knows more about it, they can let us know and I'll put it in the podcast next week. Mm. Um, so after the Adele concert, when it was ripped up, if they wanted to do it with Brisbane to host home games at the Gabba all the way up until the end of August, we're going to assume it's not going to go into September. Um, only <laughs> the biggest optimist in the world would assume it's going to go into <laughs> September with Brisbane playing home games there. Um, there's just no time for the centre wicket to take. So the Ashes test wouldn't get their pristine wicket that they want. So Mitchell made the call to do it and he had to sacrifice this AFL women's game and it sounds like he had no problems doing it. Yeah. Um, And this draws back to the... They started this season with a bang, the AFL women's, and the message throughout has been about equality and the fact that they're giving the girls a fair go. And one of the taglines and something you heard constantly throughout the season was we were always given the worst fields. We're always given the fields last and at the worst times yeah, and the worst true. year. And that's all they talked about. And now we get to the end of the season. We're supposed to be finishing on a high after starting on a high. And the girls have been given the worst field or not the priority field. Yeah. And they've been put behind the Australian men's cricket team, which let's not talk about whether that should be happen or not. It's just happened. And it's... I guess it's, it's a little it's upsetting a shame, when it, it, they've gone off message at the biggest time. Uh, yeah, that was really well said, said, Dylan. That was probably one of your best. That was amazing. They're no, going to play the game at Metricon, um, which is not, they haven't played a game there, but Brisbane do play the Gold Coast in, in an away game in the men's competition later that night. Um, they've done the double header. So the game will be at 1 p.m. Eastern yes. time and the men's game will be at 7 p.m. and they're going to clear the stadium and then refill it again with whoever rocks up to the men's game and we experienced that when we tried to go to a doubleheader so it's going to be yes. hard for, if you're a family you've got to do the one hour drive is it one hour I haven't looked yeah well that's what SFT was saying that's what I was going to say thanks for reminding me the other thing was that SFT was saying how good she was very positive about the doubleheader saying that it was good to have everyone I, under I the same theory, roof but and yeah we'll see how it works out practically You've got to do the one-hour drive. You've got to watch the women's game. You've got to pause for three hours, find something to do around Metricon Stadium. I've never been there. I don't know what there's to do. And then you come back in. So anyone who wants to do the whole package of Queensland football, it's going to be a big day. A, but if you want to do it, go true. for it. Yeah, that's, it's rough, but let's, let's move on with it because at least we have you know, a really big grand final coming up yep. and we can be excited about it. All right, so we're going to quickly recap uh, the games that we saw this weekend. So the last round we had Melbourne uh, take on Fremantle and this was like to kick off the round, um, I'd say like the most important and it set up the whole round. It set up the whole round for like very entertaining stuff. So Melbourne won 11-4 to 70, uh, sorry, 11-4-70 and to Fremantle's 2-4-16. Melbourne were just all over Fremantle in every in every sense they converted extremely well they kicked five straight 
which teams have not been able to do uh, really at all this season. And they also collected the highest amount of disposals in one game, which two hundred with two hundred and seventy. That wasn't the only record so they broke. In. Melbourne's eleven goals four was the highest That's score right. at the time. But then it got equal. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that later. Um, they kicked the most goals of any team. That record still stands. Yeah. Um, I, their halftime score will stand as the biggest halftime score. Um, Freo managed to put some plastic surgery on the scoreboard at the end by not letting it blow. It could have blown out to 80 or 90. It was, it was yeah, ridiculous. It was, yeah. um, I think it's summed up for me. I can't remember which girl it was, but one of the Freo girls got tackled and just threw the ball forward. And yeah, it, was, it was a team. Melbourne were a, a team finishing strong, full of really good players. The yeah. young girls really, you can see it click towards the end of the season for the 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. It clicked at the level. Um, and they charged home and Freo were just done. They had a really good yes. cool season in the end. And I think Frio looked really tired. Like, they were just not running as hard as Melbourne um, and they weren't as fit. And also I was thinking about it and they – not that it's, like, a huge excuse. Like, obviously we'll look to what happened with Frio and I'm sure Michelle Cowan will be, you know, looking hard. But they do travel the furthest out of everyone. Like, Perth is really far away. So, um, yeah, just something to think about and I'm sure Michelle – Cowan will be thinking really hard about this season. And well, what if happened? we put a little postscript on the Fremantle season, in their seven games, they played four games at home, beating Carlton and losing three other games. Um, they played three games away, having a draw against the Giants. So that travel factor, they travelled in mm. round one, they travelled at the end of the season after three consecutive home games. So the AFL, I think, tried to they do tried, their best but it's still to limit the travel factor. But it is still, I mean... Like a three-hour... It's a four-hour flight, isn't it? And a, like a time difference of yeah. like two hours. We've had enough of West Coast <laughs> Yeah. Over the years to know we know we're well aware <laughs> we of the know fact it's that far. the first teams travel. Um, <laughs> That's it for Melbourne. They lost to Brisbane in round one at Casey Fields, and they lost to the Giants away, both in wet weather games where they kicked uh, against the Giants. They kicked one nine yeah. against Brisbane. They kicked one four. You kick straight and play better in the wet, and they would be in a grand final this week. It is not yeah. to be though, but they finished strong. They did finish extremely strong and I think they just gelled so much more as the season went on, which is really awesome to see. And next year, they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yep. All right. Our next game was Collingwood that we want to talk about was Collingwood Adelaide because this was because of what Melbourne did. This became just a ripper game because of how important and how high the stakes were. Uh, I was down there. At Prince uh, Collingwood's home? No, it wasn't Icon. It was Olympic Park, and it was really hot. And we forgot that, like, it's not—it's a training ground. Like, there's no shade. There was no cover, pretty much at all. Eddie's head didn't. It was just not gather under Eddie's head. (laughs) Actually, he was really close to us. Like, we were standing, like, just where the fox people were. So I saw Eddie and Nerily. Um, close. My friend was telling me he was having a nice little stare at Narrowly Meadows. Yes, he. Yeah, we were very close to her, and she she did exclaim a few times, like, "I'm not going to swear on the podcast," but like, it's why not? It's well, you know, because we have a thing on iTunes that says if we're explicit or not. So, do they check? Well, you know, they better not fucking check. <laughs> anyway, she was like, "It's fucking hot." Like, just it, it was really really hot, which shows you just how well. Everyone that was playing did uh, on that day. But anyway, let's move to the result. Uh, it was Collingwood 7-4-46 to Adelaide's 10-10-70. So that 
There were multiple times um, in this game when I thought Collingwood were going to pull the upset and Melbourne went yes, into a grand final. Yes, it was final. a crazy game. And Adelaide just finished real strong over the top. When it really mattered, yeah. Perkins and Phillips stood up and put them in a grand final. Yes, it was amazing to see those two women. Uh, pretty, like, obviously, there were other other players played really well as well. Marinoff was always good. Um, and Kiyochi was good, I thought. Uh, but But those two women just took... Took the game by the hands. It was insane. Yeah, seven goals. Perko kicked four. Aaron Phillips kicked three. Um, Hutchins was playing on Perko. Obviously obviously not able to to really have a hold of her, although she did still play well rebounding from defence. Collingwood uh, converted very well, uh, especially compared to, like, how they were – the rest of the season. Well, they kicked seven thirteen the week before, and now they yeah. kicked seven four. But they really took advantage of like whenever they had the momentum, they actually put it on the scoreboard. Yep. Like Mo Hope played well up the ground and was able to show like she's very good at like turning her player around when she's playing one on one, and she was able to deliver to Jasmine Garner. And they had some real, really nice forward movements that I hadn't really seen before. So that was really good. I think like we said about Melbourne, Collingwood have definitely improved. A lot as the season's gone on. This um, was the game that their marquee players announced themselves, and it's a shame they did in a game that was they weren't playing for anything. Because yeah. Moana Hope was good last week, and I had a go at her on this podcast being a flat track bully, and she put in a really good performance <laughs> in this game against a team she that's listened, going to grand she final, to and she was great. So I'm off your back, Mo. Well done. <laughs> um, I did make a comment to my family when I was watching the game that I'm glad that Collingwood, who have had Buckley's chance, that was the thing we've said about Collingwood for a while, they've got Buckley's chance, and they can <laughs> say they got Mo Hope. Oh, very so, good. Um, that's such and, a good pun that, like, no one's used. Um, so yeah. And you mentioned that they kicked goals when they had momentum and I think yeah. that's down to Emma King because I did notice mm. that from the centre square she would belt the ball forward and Collingwood would run onto it and bury it inside 50 and they scored. So they responded from Adelaide goals really quickly to stop mm. Adelaide's momentum and then when they kicked a goal they were able to a couple times get back-to-back goals and I think Emma King was the driving force behind that. Nice. Nicely said. And um, let's move on. To the draw. To the draw. This was a weird one. This was uh, Carlton versus Brisbane. And it ended with Carlton 6-1-37 to Brisbane's 5-7-37. So it was our second draw for the season. Um, I think, well, I mean, we all know what happened. It was like five or seven minutes, I think, at the, that that equalised the scores um, for Carlton when Brisbane just seemed to just take the pedal off and uh, that's what happens. I mean, that's what happened. Brisbane just um, took the foot off the accelerator with yeah. the grand final coming up. And Carlton charged home and managed to tie it up. Brisbane keep their unbeaten record alive with a draw. Um, we didn't summarise the Collingwood and um, Adelaide seasons, but it doesn't really matter. Um, to So Brisbane, they win all their home games. They don't lose any games other than the Carlton draw. It's an excellent season. They just win. That's what I was thinking to myself halfway through the game. They just win. Like, I didn't think they were playing better than Carlton, but they just win. Um, mm. And they had the game in their keeping and had it been a situation where they weren't already in the grand final, I think they would have held on. Um, credit to Carlton for coming mm. back. They end on a strong note. Managed to claw into fourth place with a three-win, three-loss and a draw record. They were perfect at Icon Park with three wins and a draw and their losses came away from home. So if they can learn to travel, mm. maybe they'll have a better chance next year. Uh, yeah, nicely said. Also, there was uh, a 
injury in this game. Hildebrand was playing well. She always does. She was tackling hard. Then she went down with a knee. Um, and then there was, oh, I also thought, yeah, Kasler played really, did a good job on Vesio and yet still didn't. That's how good Vesio is. When the game was, you know, when Brisbane weren't running Vesio so hard. Vesio was involved and good, but it they, was the only um, game this season she didn't kick a goal. So you give the points to her opponent because yeah. Vesio has ended the season as the leading goal kicker, which we'll get to later, and she didn't true. kick a goal in this game. So points to Kasler as far as I'm concerned. Good stuff. And now moving on to GWS versus Western Bulldogs. This game had the least heat in it because it was... It was the battle for the wooden spoon. The battle for the wooden spoon. Which we know the Giants and the Bulldogs might do in the men's this year. That might be the battle for the spoon as well. Are you joking? No. You think the Giants and the Dogs will be any good this year? Okay. They're going to be down the bottom of the ladder okay. and expect to have another battle for the spoon. Okay. All right. You, can, you, heard, it. you heard it from Dylan first. Yeah. Um, so GWS 3-2... I didn't write the answer. 20. Thanks for doing maths. To Bulldogs 7, 10, 52. So it was a dominant performance from the Bulldogs. They end on a high. Um, they won their first game. They won their last game. They lost five in the middle. Yep. And that pretty much... Obviously, we know, uh, unfortunately for Katie Brennan, she well, was out for uh, quite a bit of the season. However, GWS had the setback from the very start yep. with her, their marquee. So... You know, that's, well, the Giants what managed did... to beat Melbourne and cost them a grand final spot, and then they had a draw with Freo, which was a game they really could have won. So, you know, for a team that we expected to finish bottom, they did finish bottom, but they only finished bottom on percentage. Um, and, yeah, I guess if they can get some marquee players next year, maybe they can rise up the ladder, but I think they're a couple mm. years away from a grand final. It's uh, with the list they have now, The problems yeah. the Giants have are institutional, not really club management-wise. Like, What do you mean? Institutional. Like it's access to talent right. and yeah. um, stuff like that. Like, But as we've seen, like as we were saying last week, with so many people moving, so many like Perth people, for example, not in Perth, maybe they can Yeah, but they got those girls as marquee out. players until yeah, they true. can actually pay them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's mm. going to move down there and not play as a marquee player. All right, we're going to talk some stats now with the stats man, Dylan. This is your forte. As you said on our very first episode, I think it was, football is a cold-hearted spreadsheet. I love that. So let's go. Take us through your cold-hearted spreadsheet. So the goal-kicking champion is Darcy Vessio. Yay! Congrats to the Vess. She jumped out to an early lead with four goals in the first game, finished on 14 total and went wire to wire to win it all. Um, Sarah Perkins finished second on 11. She stormed home with four goals in the last game, but the task was way beyond her to try and catch the Vess. Um, McCarthy and Mifsud from Brisbane and Melbourne, respectively, each had nine. Eight to Aaron Phillips and Moana Hope and McWilliams from Collingwood and the Giants finished with seven. So congrats to Vessio, who is our normal say, leading goal kicker. Some could say, Dylan, that she's the best year. <laughs> when that pun dies, it'll be a great day. Never. Um, <laughs> The leading disposal getter in the competition was none other than Daisy Pierce. So she came in with a lot of pressure on her and she gathered the most she, disposals yeah. of anyone in the whole competition. She had to hold off teammate Karen Paxman, 153 to 152. And McCartney racked him up and she Carney, had the yeah. best individual game with 30 disposals in round six. Um, she ends with 150. And then there's a nice little gap to her teammate Ellie Blackburn with 136 and Aliso Day 135. So the three Ds and the two 
dogs are the five leading disposal getters in the competition. Nice. Um, I did want to point out that the other day, Mel Hickey had a 75% disposal efficiency. Of course you wanted to highlight her. Seven, She's your gal. 75% disposal efficiency. Next best was Brianna Davey with 67 and the rest were in the 50s and 60s. Oh, she uses the ball so much better than anyone else. Yes, a bit of it might be kicking sideways in the back line, mm. but she doesn't always kick sideways. She's no uh, Trent Cotchin. Um <laughs> Karen Paxman was the leading kick getter, so she was second in disposal, but the leading kick getter. Um, Daisy Pierce wasn't in the top six. Um, she led the handballs, mm. which is what yes, got her, yes. her numbers uh, disposal wise. Emma Carney featured in both lists. Brianna Davey yeah. featured on the handball list. Aliso Day was on both lists. Um, Karen Paxman was on both lists. Um, Donellan didn't get the most total kicks, but she was up there as far as average going because she did miss a game. Mm. Um, so really the girls we've been talking about all season who got a lot of the ball, turns out they got a lot of the ball. <laughs> is, that, is that how your spreadsheet pans out? That's how it pans out. Nice. And Pierce's, I just want to say Pierce's handballs are just like sometimes three people tackling her and she still manages to get a handball out. Like everyone's trying and somehow her arms are free and it's just, I mean, yeah, it's amazing. So not content with being the leading uh, kicker in the competition, Karen Paxman managed to chase down Jess Cameron and Bianca Jacobson. Um, Paxman and Cameron tied for the most marks with 27. Jacobson with 26. Brianna Davey played one less game. Uh, she had 23, so she might have been a shot if she played the extra game, um, mm. but didn't get there. Contested marks. I think mean, there's no surprises here. Taylor Harris blitzed yeah, the field yeah, with 15 a, yes. from um, Cameron and SFT, uh, her teammate, Harris's teammate. So the two big Brisbane girls just took a crap ton of contested marks. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the hitouts, Emma King fulfilled her marquee yes. status, 199. One short. Oh, That's devastating. devastating. That's like it? when you get like 79 in an assignment or something. You know? Sure. And you miss that. You miss yeah. that mark, you know. Continue. Lauren Pierce had 99 <laughs> in fourth um, hit out. Oh, another just Erin McKinnon miss. had 154, was second, so there was a 45 hit out gap, which is more than a game. So Emma King was a clear oh, number one whoa. there. Yeah. Um, tackles wise was another absolute blowout. Eb Marinoff had 70. Next best was 49 from Del Pos. Oh, wow. So um, if you're running around in a Brisbane jersey this weekend, watch out because Eb Marinoff might really, really hurt you. Slam you. And while Marinoff is here, I just have to say she was had an adorable moment on the weekend. If you haven't seen it, she it was towards the end of the game and she got the ball and then went back to kick it and just fell over, just tripped over herself, fell right on her bum. And then just laughed about it. Adorable, it was awesome. incompetent. It was. <laughs> Come on. I mean, yeah, it was just an adorable moment. All right, spreadsheet, man. Let's go. Um, the clearance king, queen. The clearance queen. Queen. Was Emma Carney, who had 36 yeah, clearances. Surprise. She held off Erin Phillips with 34. Um, uh, rebounding from 50. Finally, we got some new names. Uh, Tompkins is the champion ah, coming yes. out of 50. So maybe we have to keep that in mind when we do our All-Australian team. She held Ooh. off a three-way tie for second with 23 Hutchins, Hannah Scott, and Brianna Davey, who played one less game. So Brianna Davey lost her rebound 50 mm. crown by not playing the extra game. Um, Daniela Hardiman and Brianna Davey were one and two as far as average is concerned. So they missed games, but average rebound right, 50, okay, they yeah, were, they were top. Um, going inside 50 was Emma Carney. So she managed to clear the ball she and pump it inside 50. Queen. She had 38 and Aaron Phillips had 26, so there's another big gap. Uh, Blackburn and Marinoff are the other two in the top four, so both Dogs and 
Um, crows. So really, what that's all supposed to tell you <laughs> yes. is the fact that the <laughs> Melbourne and Brisbane girls got a lot of the ball. Yeah. The Adelaide girls did a lot of hard tackling. Mm. The Pies won the hitouts, and Brisbane were the queens of the air with their contested marks. That was so beautifully summarised, Dylan. Thank you. you are just on fire in this week's podcast. I'm loving it. And speaking of, uh, it's not, it's not a great segue, but we're going to talk about goals and marks of the season now. Sure. So I'm going to tell you the three that were nominated, and I'm going to make you pick. I've already picked mine, so let's do it. So, spoiler alert, I think we have the same. Really? For both? We'll see. Ugh, that's not interesting. All right, okay. So, goal of the year, there was Ashmore's soccer. Um, that was in against four. the Giants. Yep. Yep. Uh, then there was McCarthy's speed run, five bounces, was it? Five yep. running bounces in round three. Against Collingwood. Thank you. And then we had Phillips's bomb from outside of 50. Also in round three. That was against Carlton. So those were the goals. Nominees. And who's your pick? Well, I made the case the week it happened that Caitlin Ashmore's, I thought, was a fluke. Yes, I, I knew it would get nominated. <laughs> I don't know if she meant to kick the goal. Um, good reward for her to get nominated, but if she won, I think I'd be a little disappointed. Yes, um, I knew Aaron Phillips is a case of strength and footy smarts to see the goal square open. I thought it was a really, really good goal. And I think she's every chance to win it. But I think Kate McCarthy shows everything that this league was yes. about. A track athlete who runs really, really fast, took takes five bounces running from the centre square all the way to the goal square and putting it through untouched. Uh, it was a fantastic display of athleticism and it was my goal of the year. What about you? Yes. Yes, it was my goal of the year as well. Um, it was, as I said at the time, she has a pacemaker. The goal was pace making you know sure so i really like that and yeah i just thought it was yeah one of the, the best uh, phillips is you know i think uh, amazing phillips's best goal of the season no yeah that's that what i say the, that's what i'm saying like bent back this week phil yeah exactly like phillips in general is you know we'll talk about that in a bit but in terms of the the goal of the year i also give it to mccarthy and let's talk about the mark of the year i guess who got a nomination again did was it me no, it actually oh, wasn't. Then why it did wasn't. you set it up like that? I thought it, it was, was me. Um, it was Erin Phillips oh, again. Okay. It was her specky uh, in round six. So she's an MVP nominee, it's a mark of the year, a, and goal of the yeah. nominee. Fair enough. Also, did you know that she played for the Opals in basketball? I she's like a that. really good basketballer. I, I, I know, I've said it a few times. Um, so... Then there was... She took her specky over Mel Hickey against Melbourne in round six. So I don't so. think you'll be voting for that one. That was a good mark. <laughs> then there was uh, Harris's game-winning pack mark in round two. I love that one. Um, that was against Frio. And it was very, yeah, sealed the game for them. And then there was Vessio's back of the pack mark in round five, where she was... The she one got at the very it, and then was behind. the only one to get second hands to it. Yeah, so two contested, two big pack marks, one specky. Uh, I really like the specky, but I'm gonna have to give it this one to Harris because uh, at the time, like she gets points for the timing of the mark and just how important it was. Um, and also, it was ridiculous because that the pack is huge and she's so strong and so athletic and just kind of is able to get to just grab them in the air. I don't, I don't understand how, and that's why she's my favourite. 
the criteria for She's Market of the Year one. is an interesting one because there are what? different ways you can go with it. You can go with spectacular marks, so speckies type thing, like what shows the most athleticism. And Phillips is the only one of the three there that is a, a specky. It's a hang Yeah, it's the only specky. She gets some air. She landed on her feet, I think, which is a cardinal sin when taking a specky. It probably cost Joe Danaher. Did right. he win gold mark of the year for that mark? I don't think so. Yeah, he landed on his feet. <laughs> Can't land on your feet. Um, um, yeah, I don't got, think Gary Moore. You had Rory Lobb and then like Nick Rewald in the past. These guys who go back Running with the fly back, of the ball yeah, and get yeah. destroyed while taking brave marks. Um, and then you've got pack marks. Um, where you take a uh, like you, you're just in a pack and you've got strong hands and you ride the pack and they're different types of marks and it's hard to judge them against each other because they all take different yes um, so really it's hard to pick between Phillips and Harris for me um, Harris's big pack mark won them the game which is another factor yeah I don't know how to split it I really don't okay well I made the decision sure so. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll defer to you then we'll go with Harris so Brisbane are going to win Mark and goal of the year over Aaron Phillips Oh, well, don't worry, Aaron. Don't worry about Aaron because I've got her accolades for later. Sure. But first, the segment that Dylan has been so eager to hear. I'm excited. Is Maddie's Hairstyle Awards. So Hair or bear? Hair. hair (laughs) Not bear style. So I really like, so just a little bit about myself. I really like doing braids. And it's actually an unlikely talent of mine. My friends always say that it's surprising that you can do them. And I often do them for my mates. And so I've been really interested in the braid game of this season. So my best braids awards goes to Caitlin Edwards from Collingwood. Um, They are ridiculously neat and symmetrical. She has very long black hair. Um, I was actually at the game on the weekend. Someone commented on using them as a weapon somehow, like flicking them completely into people's face. I don't know if that happened, but it could have because those braids were lethal. Like, they were in, they were perfect. Do you remember Every Warren single Arnell's... week. Every... Hey, she has a special mention, but yeah, okay, go so on. Do you remember no, the no, round one braid? Because that's the only one I can think of the top of my head. <laughs> well, okay, so that people in this category get points for consistency. Okay. So, Caitlin Edwards... I was unaware there was a scoring <laughs> rubric. I didn't know this. So, Caitlin Edwards' braids were week in, week out. Okay. Like, impeccable. Lauren Arnell gets a special mention for her braids to bun that she started doing. So she had two braids and then she and then she formed a bun at the back, which I thought was creative and a bit different. And also it was very consistent. I'm pretty sure in round one she would have had two braids and a bun. Okay. But, you you know, it could have been different, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, now I'm moving on to – it does have to do with braids, but it's a bit different. Um, best unified team hairstyle. And I think it makes sense because I think the team this season that's had the most even contributions from everyone across the board has been Brisbane. Um, and they really played like a team and they really look like a team. They had, I noticed, not in all of the games, but I definitely noticed that there was like a three mini braid or like a one braid into ponytail going on for a lot of the games. So there was like someone... I, don't, I really want more information on this. Like, if anyone knows who was doing the braids at Brisbane, actually, I might try tweet Taylor Harris or something about it. Anyway, it was really unified. I noticed. If if anyone was wanting to be noticed for that, Maddie from Kick Like a Girl noticed, and it was really great. It looked like a team. 
I'm starting um, to be worried that we're 10 podcasts into our series and the most researched best <laughs> segment we've had so far is about the hair that the girls have. I mean, we talk about men's hair in AFL all the time. Like, I even, like, in my... I, I took it out because I couldn't find the man buns in the end because it was I got confused. But we were looking at a comparison between GWS buns and male GWS man buns. So, you know, and obviously, you know, I go for Essendon, you know that. I've constantly been making fun of... Essendon? Okay, enough. Of, um, you know, Michael Hurley's situation. Obviously, Max Gorn is just, you know... I mean, we talk about these hairstyles all the time. So, anyway, I had to bring it to the women. And now my next award is just... it's. It seems like in sport, uh, in a women's sport, I couldn't do this segment without an award for the neatest ponytail. And Daisy Pierce has the neatest ponytail I've ever seen. I don't understand how it stays in place throughout the whole game, every game. Also, consist- points for consistency. Neatest ponytail goes to her. Um, neatest high bun. The person that I think rocks the bun the most is Darcy Vessio. So, like I said, again, consistent. It's always like, no, out of Emily the face. Bates? I've noticed Bates Yes, Bates does do a good bun. I like that you had a contribution I, in that. I, I'm, I'm noticing I stuff. really like that, yeah. Um, but for me, it's the vest. Um, and then I also have a most outrageous... This is my last award, which is a most outrageous award. So, like I said before, I was talking about Hurley and Max Gorn and, you know, several terrible haircuts for men. And not saying that these are terrible, but saying that they're a bit outrageous would be Rocky Cranston from Melbourne. So some, like, side dreads and, like, part shaved. And then or D Pellegrini from GWS needs a mention for having purple hair and making it really easy to see. <laughs> so I appreciate that. If anyone else wants to colour their hair to make it really easy to spot, um, go for it. It's great. And that's my wrap. Didn't you have a ribbon segment? Hair wrap up. Uh, like, I don't, but I could do that quickly. Like, Nicholas Stevens would win their ribbon segment for me. Um, we know on every country, I think every single game she's played, has it's been mentioned that she wears that ribbon so her mum can see her. Um, and so that's really great. And also also a neat ponytail. Like, she didn't win my neat ponytail award, but, like, yeah, okay. Special mentions to Nick Stevens for a neat ponytail and There are many awards ribbon. to win in the AFL women's. The neat <laughs> ponytail might be the one that a lot of the girls really put a big preseason into trying to get right for next year. Uh, Maddie, that was excellently researched. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I wanted to add in my MVP for the hair was oh, Anderson okay. from Adelaide. Okay. She had the helmet. Can you help me? Uh, the pink one? Yep. Okay. Thanks, still. Thanks. I mean, it can be hair and hair accessories. So. Yep. Good stuff. All right. I'm, I'm glad that you got on board. He was very uh, reluctant to get on board with that one. So I'm really glad that you did. All right. Let's move on to some more content. <laughs> let's move on to our season BNFs. So some teams have already nominated their three, which um, we'll, they'll pick from. So we were wondering how they some would do it. Have it. And they're doing it the same as their players MVP from the men. So each team will put forward three nominees. And then of those 24, I don't know who's voting. I guess we are or they are. Someone well, is going to vote. I, I saw on the Brisbane, like, I don't want this to be, this could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw on the Brisbane website, cast your votes now for our MVP. Okay. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Um, so, anyway, the ones that have released their nominees is uh, Adelaide, Phillips, Randall, and Cramey. Yep, fair enough. Um, Marinoff misses out. Mar- yeah, I, to be honest, out. I was really surprised. I thought I wrote in my draft already Phillips, Perko, 
and Marinoff. So I only got one out of three well, compared Randall to Randell deserves it. Yes, no, she does. But they've she got does. five guns to fit into yeah. three spots and they pick the their, they valued their defenders because Randall plays behind the ball and Kramy yeah. also plays behind the ball, which is interesting for a team that's more attacking than it is defending. Yeah, uh, but for me, uh, it goes to Phillips, that award. Um, They're picking an overall MVP. Pardon? It's not individual team. Wait, I'm talking about individual team. What? Okay, but I'm just saying the MVP award that these three are going for, they pick one out of the 24. It's for the league. Oh, right. Yes. Okay, well, my league my league one is Aaron Phillips as well. We've well, just spoiled the end of the segment, <laughs> I've spoiled but that's the fine. Um, but you're because using I, Adelaide's MVP. I said, and, and I think Adelaide's is okay. Aaron Phillips. Okay, I'll move on to my discussion of why she's overall till later. And, okay, Carton nominated Vessio, Davy, and Hardiman. Hardiman and was the fave? interesting one there, but yes, I think she I deserves so. it because I, we talked about that defensive pairing we with Attard a lot. Yeah. And she was great off half back, and she destroyed Kelly Gibson that one week, which is my favourite moment of the season. <laughs> oh, um, Vessio versus Davy, you give it to the goal kicker, I uh, guess. Yeah, I. I agree. I wrote down first in my first draft of this. I wrote first. I wrote Vessio, then I changed it to Davy, and then I wrote Vessio again. The whole season so, has been hard to pick because they have fundamentally different roles, and they've both yeah. done them brilliantly. Yeah, but um, for me, for Carlton, I go for the best. And then Brisbane's. I found this incredibly hard before I looked at their nominations because I did my own before I looked at the teams, and I got this, I was just hella confused with this one, to be honest. Um, so they've nominated Zelke, Bate, Bates and Virgo. Um, I thought Zelke, Bates, I had Zelke and Bates and then I thought maybe SFT, um, maybe even Harris, well, even though I know she wasn't. that's a story. They've made a grand final. They haven't even nominated one yeah. of the two big forwards. Um, but definitely, Zel- uh, definitely, you know, it makes sense. And they went, well, they uh, their defence is... is Fantastic. So it makes sense that they went for Virgo, and we have mentioned her pretty much every week, so shouldn't be that surprised. So who's their best Um, pick of those three if Brisbane were to pick an individual one? I I think Zelke. I agree. Bates came home strong. Virgo was consistent throughout, but Zelke, I think, was the cream of the crop. Yeah. So the other five clubs we couldn't find or they haven't released their three nominees, so we've just made our list up. (laughs) We're going to go with that. Yeah, so Dylan, Pierce, Paxman, or O'Day for Melbourne. You're forgetting one. Hickey, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I forgot. Daisy Pierce. You're going to pick Hickey. I'm picking Daisy Pierce. No, I'd say yeah. But I just I want Hickey in the conversation. 75% disposal yes, efficiency yes, when everyone right. else is in the 50s and 60s. You're right. You're the one. With, you're the Hickey man. a price to be put on using the ball well, she used it the best. Yes. But okay. we're still Daisy going Pierce. Pierce. Yes, okay, good. I'm glad. And then that's uh, Bulldogs, Carney or Blackburn. Yeah, we couldn't really come I up with a third not. that could challenge those two. Which, and I, there's no point. They'll, like, pick, they'll, they'll pick a third and it'll be nice yeah. for that girl to get rewarded, but it's a two-horse race. Honestly, and I I, I probably Blackburn because she kicked more goals, but then also talking about what you were talking about before with Carney's delivery. Like, I really love Carney. I've loved Carney the whole season. So I wrote Carney first, then Blackburn. I've seen this before I with know. Swan and Pendlebury. I think Carney's Swan, mm. I think Blackburn's Pendlebury. One's the class and yeah. kicks a few goals. I guess Swan kicked more goals than Pendlebury, so it might fall down. <laughs> but essentially, you know where I'm going. Yeah, so Carney or Blackburn? I'll go Blackburn. I'm a Pendles guy. <laughs> All right. Uh, GWS, Del Pass. Can we? McWilliams, kick the most okay. goals for them. Um, um, I'm going... 
and in the ruck they had uh, Aaron McKinnon. So those would be my three if I had to pick mm-hmm. three. Um, I really like um, McKinnon, but it's probably Delpos. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Delpos for me. And Collingwood, uh, Kiyochi, Hutchins, Stevens. King, Stevens. So there's a good there's a good list there. I first wrote Hutchins as my one, then I went back and went, wrote Kiyochi. Um, I'm not sure. Still, I think probably, probably Kiyochi because I think she... I can't. I, I I wouldn't have a clue. Don't I don't know. know. I think yeah. Hutchins got beaten a few times by yeah, opponents, exactly. But on attacking defense, she was good, and I think Kiyochi was their best midfielder, but she wasn't yeah. one of the best midfielders in the competition. Yeah, but she was also good off half back, and I think she was a good. Yeah. She's she's got good skills and you know. All right, and Frio Donnellan. Donnellan, forget the rest. Okay, good. Also, special mention: she's got a good bun. All right, I'm continuing up. Uh, okay, so Erin Phillips is my season best and fairest. I said at the Collingwood game on the weekend, I said if if Adelaide lose this game and don't make the grand final, and Melbourne make it, Pierce is my overall BNF. But if Adelaide win, it's Phillips. And I'm sticking to that. I think she, when every, when, like, she got her team, she just got her team over the line so many times. Seeing her up close in person on, on the weekend, she is ridiculously strong. Um, obviously, football smarts. And the reason she, she just does so well is because, like, no one can take those arms down pretty much. She goes in, gets the ball, and then is able to get up straight and, deliver it well to someone and um, she did it time and time again and, sure. ki- and she kicked goals and she's incredible she's my fave what about you? Agreed? She's the best I think Daisy <laughs> Pierce is a close number two and I, I, I would rather Daisy Pierce win it but I think Phillips will win it. Yeah, agreed alright so moving on grand final preview let's do it, this is the big this is the what we've been waiting for for sorry um and obviously only one final and it is on saturday at 1 p.m at metricon stadium brisbane host brisbane host adelaide if you didn't know already but you should uh dylan and i had quite a long argument as to what 1 p.m means considering queensland's an hour before um Melbourne, where we are now making this podcast so we're still a little bit confused we looked up all of the tv everything and still couldn't find it so hopefully there'll be clarification on that i assume it means that it's 1 p.m uh here and like starts at 12 p.m but i could be wrong keep keep noting with that anyway let's uh talk about the actual game last time they met what happened um so they played at the beautiful norwood oval with that grandstand in the background that i love so much um brisbane held on for a win um they were both undefeated going into that game. Brisbane 5-3-33, beat Adelaide 4-6-30. So eight scoring shots to ten scoring shots. Brisbane had less but managed to win. Um, they jumped out to a hot start kick in the first two goals. Adelaide settled into the game and then took a lead. And then Brisbane um, came over the top, put themselves in front and then closed the game up so Adelaide couldn't go forward at the mm-hmm. end to win it at the death. And Brisbane remained undefeated from that point. Um, and Adelaide wobbled after that. They lost the next week to Melbourne and then looked wobbly against Collingwood. Um, but they managed to get into the grand final 
because of that hot start. And we'll get another rematch of that game, which was one of the higher quality games of the season, which is good. Uh, agreed. I think we're all in for a very exciting game on Saturday. Um, are there any key matchups that you'd be thinking about uh, for this game? What, you know, not like, as we said before, I watched Craig Stasevich's uh, not, uh, press conference and I got, you know, not much information, but who's going to play on Aaron Phillips would be an interesting one, of course. Um, Courtney Crane um, is their best key defender. Mm-hmm. Um, so she'll get the job probably on Phillips, you'd think. Um, Phillips. But the thing... She'll get the job on Harris. Yeah, yeah. That's right. um, because SFT will spend time up the ground in the ruck. Yes, you'd think so. Although she was a bit gin- she's been a bit sore recent times and hasn't been rucking so much. Yeah, okay, you'd assume that she would. Um, and so you have got Kaslar will go to Perkins Kaz- up forward. Yes, Virgo probably heads to Kelly Gibson, maybe. Yes, and and also Kaslar played against Perkins last time they met. I'm pretty sure and yep. played pr- really well on it. Kaslar plays really well on seemingly anyone that she plays against. Yep. Um, well, the midfield battle then, is Bates and Zelke and but, Ashmore against Randall, Marinoff, yeah. Phillips types. Yes. And it's going to be interesting. Um, any predictions? Um, we're doing a, a score as well. We Are we doing that? a <laughs> Yeah, we agreed on that. So last time <laughs> the score was 33 to 30. This time, okay. So this is the number one offense against the number one defense. So Adelaide yeah. with the number one offense with 291 points. Brisbane with the number one defense with 148 against. Um, when these two things collide, usually in sports, the defense usually wins out because the match gets played in a more defensive manner because mm. of the grand final. So I think Brisbane are going to be able to hold Adelaide to not a big score. They kicked four goals last time Adelaide. I think maybe they'll kick four or five again. So I'm going to go Brisbane... 37, Adelaide, 29. Okay, well, um, I, I kind of agree with you, but I, it's like also for me about who I'm willing, you know, to to win, and I would really like Adelaide to win. I just think they have a great um, story. I think Beth Goddard's been phenomenal, and uh, Aaron Phillips doesn't even play AFL. Like, I just think amazing stories. I mean, I, she I've does. Also... <laughs> we have the evidence. <laughs> she does now, but, like, it's just yep. incredible. Score. And... Okay, so I, I definitely think it'll be close and I, I think it will be around that high, like mid-20s to like 40. I don't think it'll get higher than that. So my score is going to be, I'd say uh, Brisbane, Brisbane 32, Adelaide's 39. Okay, no problem. So Something you picked like Adelaide, that. I picked Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, let's watch a good grand final. Yeah, 100% best on ground, medal. We don't know what it's called, but if Adelaide wins, Phillips, and if Brisbane win... Um, I think the Woosh will kick three and win it. Oh, interesting. I do like the Woosh. Okay, well, we're going to wrap it up because it's been huge. And uh, it's obviously we've got a huge game next week, so we've been kicked like a girl. Hope you've enjoyed. Hit us up on Twitter. (laughs) 